This is the Fahrenheit 451 Breakdown Podcast. I'm Austin. And I'm Riley. And today we will be breaking down part two of Fahrenheit 451. So now we are moving on to our stories. So in my story, I was on my hockey team and we were in the semifinals of our league championship rounds and we were tied two to two. I had just scored the tying goal in the third period. We were tied two to two and we went into overtime. Nobody scored for the first part of overtime and then we went into double overtime. Both teams, especially my team, were so incredibly desperate to get that goal that they just kept using the same guys and same tactics that they thought might work because they were just so incredibly desperate to get that goal to advance to the championship game. And my team didn't end up coming out on top, but the point is we were just so we used so much desperation and the whole that was basically our whole motive of the game was to obviously win the game in overtime but we were all just so incredibly desperate yeah it sounds like that's that's an awesome desperation story austin uh i have i have a story as well from desperation when i uh i was about probably nine years old and i didn't know how to spend my money and that birthday i'd gotten probably $70 in birthday money and I wanted to spend it so bad. And we went, me and my parents, we went shopping and the first store we went to, I didn't wait. I had to buy something because that money was burning a hole in my pocket. I was so desperate to buy something that I spent $15 on a braided charging cable that I, that I lost and I, that I rarely used when I did have it. It was kind of a dumb spending way, but I was so desperate that I did something that that I'll, I would regret. In both of our stories, the the theme was desperation. In Austin's story, his his hockey team was so desperate to win that they used the same plays over and over to try and trick the, te- the the players that they were playing because teams don't normally do that. They were so desperate that they were doing something irregular or irrational, something that they wouldn't normally do. And same thing for my story. I was so desperate to buy something with the money that I had that I bought something that I don't need, something that I don't normally do. So that that was irrational and irregular what I did and I shouldn't have done it that's kind of like Guy in Fahrenheit 451 he's so desperate for people to listen to him and to read the books that he does something desperate and irrational he reads an illegal book to Mildred's friends and Mildred and this book is illegal and later in the book it leads to an event that probably shouldn't happen Now we are moving on to the 30-second recap. So Guy Montag is desperate to gather information about books because he wants to like know the most about books and get the best understanding out of them in order to like see if they're the real deal. 
and if they are, he could propose the idea that maybe books could help them. And Faber could help him because he knows a lot about books. He was an old English professor, so he could help him gain a better understanding of books and really get the most out of them. Yeah, Austin, kind of like you said, Faber was kind of totally introduced into the, the second part, but you kind of missed how Guy, he's super desperate for people to listen to him. And so he actually goes to Faber and he, he asks for help because he, he wants someone else he can confide in. And so he looks to his wife and others to, he just wants them to understand him and understand books because he that's how he wants the world to be. I thought we both did pretty good on our 30-second recaps. I don't think we missed anything. What about you, Austin? Yeah, I thought we did pretty good as well. I thought one thing that we could have touched on was that maybe, like, Mildred and her friends are a perfect example of, like, people in their society. Like, people just don't really care at this point because the government's already taken so much control of them that they just kind of live their lives and don't really notice much and Guy keeps pointing out the war in the sky and Mildred just plays it off like it's absolutely nothing and then her friends start talking about their husbands in the war and how the government's playing the war off when really the government is distracting the people with the war from the problems that are in their society, their corrupt society at that. So now we're moving on to our discussion of theme. So Guy is desperate because he doesn't have much to lose and he thinks he can change society and people's point of views on books if he gathers enough reasoning and evidence. He thinks that if he can persuade people to at least try books, they could really help solve problems in society. He's so desperate to gather information to support this idea. So I think that Guy is really, he's just insanely desperate to for people to listen to him and he needs to gather information from books so that people won't think that he's crazy and lying and he can maybe even get people to start reading books because they could have ideas that could transform their corrupt society and obviously the government doesn't want this because they're starting like admit or excuse me near the end of chapter or part two rather the or it was right at the end actually they the fire when came to they pulled up to guy's house and guy was in total shock so this kind of like progressed through him opening up and telling more people about the books and i think that he's just so incredibly desperate for people to listen to him that he's starting to like open his mind because he feels he might feel that he has enough information already to a point where he's able to do it or I think it might just be totally out of desperation yeah Austin so a question I had on on 96 Bradbury in Bradbury's book uh, he narrates saying then he be, then he guy 
began to read in a low, stumbling voice that grew firmer as he progressed from line to line. This this was illustrating Guy reading to Mildred, and um, this is this book is illegal. And reading from a book or possessing a book is illegal where Montag lives. So, why does he do it anyway? Is it because he's he's desperate? Yeah, I think I think like I said earlier, it's just kind of out of complete desperation because, like I said, he was he's trying to get people to listen to him, and if if his own wife doesn't believe him or listen to him, like who else will? And him and his wife Millie have become a lot closer over these past couple of over these two parts of the book, and you could tell at the beginning there was kind of like a. There was kind of like separation between them. They weren't really together. They didn't really care too much for each other. And now that like Guy is starting to gain information, they're starting to kind of work together. He feels like he can open up to her a little more. So he progresses into reading the book to her and bringing out all those books, and she freaks on him. And what happens is they start to like go through the books together because he convinces Mildred to help him and after this he just keeps opening up to more and more people so first it's Mildred then Mildred's friends then it's Faber and I think the only one that can really help him is Faber because those three Mildred and her friends are particularly I wouldn't really trust them because they're just I guess casuals in their society they're just they just go with the flow just like everybody else and I wouldn't really trust them because they think they probably know that they could get in trouble for knowing about it even so I think they might end up telling like reporting him and maybe that's maybe that is what happened maybe they reported him to the to the fire department because they found out or well guy read the book to them and brought it out upon them in order to prove his point and they reacted in the wrong way obviously and the one lady didn't like guy very much anyway so i think she's kind of like a person to watch in part three maybe we'll figure out maybe we'll figure out that she maybe had something to do with the firemen showing up to mildred and guy's house so my question is how do you think guy is going to progress through like reading these books and figuring out all this information like what do you will guy keep doing what he's been doing and keep showing more people like as he goes or will he start to keep his mouth shut about it because he's not finding as much information or maybe he will even find some information that's really important what do you think i think guy he's already to the point where he's so desperate that he's reading to people and that is definitely illegal that i think he'll keep going he'll keep finding information because he's 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 hungry and he wants that information he's desperate for it and so he's gonna stop and he's or he's not gonna stop he's gonna find information and keep reading no matter what because he wants to tell the world about this amazing thing that a normal average firefighter found out and this was books and he wants to he wants to tell people about it such as Mildred's friends or Faber but 
obviously Mildred's friends were not the best choice because those are gossips and they will not keep a secret especially when they when they talk to other people they're they're gonna gossip all over no matter what even if it was they swore on their own life because they they don't care they just care about their social their social life yeah i agree with you because they're kind of like they're kind of like gossip girls they're like they like you said they say they're gonna uh, like oh i'll keep this promise but they're really more 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 worried and intrigued by their like by their social life and if they get in trouble they won't have that social life and their whole like their whole motive is destroyed and it's kind of like the government because the government wants them to be happy and have that social life but if the government has to take it away from them because they're not cooperating and they're presenting the wrong ideas from books then they're not going to be very happy and clearly they know this because they don't go along with what guy said and they get upset by it and react in a way that guy wouldn't want them to react and assume that he was probably upset by the way they reacted he probably thought it was going to go a much different way and a completely different route than it ended up going but i think he'll probably end up getting in trouble for it and he will have to suffer the consequences eventually for just opening up to people like guys just being stupid it's just common sense like it's almost like his secret weapon he's like batman showing the joker his secret weapon it's like it's just complete utter stupidity it's just insane how he's able to make those decisions and think that it's okay so my question for you is in relation to the cops or the cops to the firemen showing up to his house why do you think the mechanical hound was scratching at montag's door why do you think he ignores the warning i think montag i think the first of all the mechanical hound showed up at his door because bd captain bd sent it because he controls it as a warning to tell montag to stop reading the books because he knows montag has books and for some way, he yeah. he knows that the rookie firefighters always want to have, want to read the books. They have this thirst inside of them. And so he sends a mechanical hound kind of saying, hey, we know you have books. Just just give them over peacefully and you'll, you'll just go on with your normal life. And I think Montag ignores, he ignores the warning because he's so desperate. He's desperate for this. For the knowledge in books, he wants to learn more, and and that's good for any other human in the 21st century, but not in Fahrenheit 451. They're not supposed to know a lot. They're supposed to keep to themselves, and they they aren't supposed to know much because the government doesn't want them to. Because if they know a lot, then they could potentially take over the government because they know they're feeding them lives. So, I have a question. Compare 
Mildred's feelings about breaking the rules compared to Montag's? And why do you think they are so different? Well, I think they're so different because they're just completely different people. And like we were talking about earlier, Mildred is kind of like sensitive and she's not really a person you want to trust with like personal information and things that you're trying to like keep like yeah like personal things and guy is somebody who you can trust because he just doesn't really care and if it's something that's enough for him to care maybe he'll do something about it but i just think that their their personalities are just so incredibly different and mildred is like conservative and guy is trying to find out more about the world so he's like really outgoing and that's why he's telling everybody about the or not everybody but he's telling people about the books because he's being like he's being like non-conservative almost like he's almost the opposite of what Mildred is and a quote for that that could support it is so now do you see why books are hated and feared they show the pores in the face of life grad 379 so this is something that Faber said actually and I thought that it related to the question that you asked because Guy is like understanding the world and Mildred wouldn't really or Mildred doesn't really understand it as well as Guy does because Guy's been reading books and listening to Faber's philosophies and I, like I said earlier to sum it up I just really think that they're two completely different people and I think that their views are just so incredibly different because of that. So my question for you is that Montag refers to the jet bombers overhead and atomic wars that have been started. Why would it be to the government leader's benefit to distract its citizens with media? So the it's to the government's be- benefit to dis- to distract the citizens, sorry. Uh, with media because they don't want their citizens to know that there's a horrible war going on above them atomic war and they're dropping atomic bombs on poorer countries because the poorer countries aren't bending to their government's will and this is horrible but it's what the government does and they they just they don't care about their feelings they they just want their their government and their people to be happy they want their country to be happy and they don't care about the others they just want the others to listen to them and so they distract them with media such as the television and their seashells and stuff like that so then they don't know they don't really care because in the text uh guy montag he barely even notices he just says and the bombers they fly overhead and they leave like dust trails and he doesn't even say anything oh there's a, an atomic war going on ahead overhead but it's kind of it's kind of dumb because they just they don't even care they're so rich and involved in their in their four wall TVs that they could care less if the poor countries are are left behind so moving yeah, on yeah i agree with you oh i'm sorry no you're good um moving on from that the literary literary elements so what what kind of literary elements are in the book there's there's quite a lot what did you see a lot 
Oh, well, I see mainly, I see illusions on every single page. I don't know about you, but sometimes it's like, and he cluttered to the ground like a big heap of whatever. And I see allusions to different texts and different things all over the book. And there's just so incredibly many of those illusions. And I think that he does it for a reason in order to like make the reader understand and dig for more because there's so much to, there's so much more in this book than what is on the surface, which is why you have to read each page or each line maybe that you don't understand a couple of times because it could be an illusion and you have to look it up and really understand it in order to get the full understanding out of the book. Yeah, going along with that, um, another an, an illusion that Bradbury, he puts into the book, he kind of almost hides it, but it's, it's a very big point in the book. He says, maybe the books can get us half out of the cave. They just might stop us from, the, from making the same mistakes. So this kind of this is one of his famous allusions from a famous philosopher. This I'm not going to elaborate. I'm Riley and I'm Austin and that was part 2 of Fahrenheit 451. We will see you next time for part 3 and remember you're listening to the Fahrenheit 451 Breakdown Podcast.